Welcome to the podcast entitled Jesus and the Last Days. Well, today we're going to embark on an exciting subject. Well, some people, when we start talking about the last days, they start living in fear. And you know what? Jesus never wanted us to live in fear. He wanted us to live in faith, and he wanted us to live in peace. And so today, I'm going to cover Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. First of all, we're going to talk about the discussion Jesus had with his disciples in uh, Matthew chapter 24 about the signs of the end of the age. Um, then we're going to go on into uh, chapter, just before chapter 25, Jesus talks about the day and the hour unknown, and we're going to reference, and I'm going to talk about the rapture a little bit, but I'm not going to get into the theology of the rapture. A lot of people might say, well, rapture is never mentioned in the Bible. And I'm going to say, you're absolutely correct. Rapture comes from the Greek word harpazo, meaning to be caught up, which we get from 1 Thessalonians 4.17 that says, After that, we still who are alive and are left will be caught up with them together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord forever. So that's where we get the word rapture from. Just to let you know when I reference that. And um, then we're going to go into chapter 25 where Jesus talks about the parable of the ten virgins. And then we're going to talk about the parable of the talents. And last, the sheep and the goats. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie it all together to show you why this all fits together in one neat little package. So as I read the scripture, I am going to comment on um, the scripture from time to time. I'm going to stop and comment, and then I'm going to pick up. So in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when the disciples came up to him and called his attention to the buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Now, I want you to know right there that that was fulfilled in AD 70 by Titus and his army. So that's already been fulfilled now. And then Jesus, sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and asked, Tell us, they said, When will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And so really... They're really asking three questions. Number one, when will the temple be destroyed? And we know that was in AD 70. Number two, what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? And so we're going to look into all this today. I think the scripture many times speaks for itself, where you don't have to like do a lot of commentary on it. I think this is really good for us to understand and know. And Jesus said, you know by the sky what kind of weather it is going to be tomorrow. Why can't you know by understanding the times, the signs and the times, the day that you're living in? Now, you might say, well, how do you know you're living in the last days? Well, in Joel, not in Joel. Yeah, I'm going to go to Joel. Joel 2.28, it says, Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then if you go to Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, it says, 
This is Peter on the day of Pentecost speaking. He says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So we know, according to the Bible, the last days started on the day of Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. So I think today we're living in the last of the last days. Now, I'm not a doom and gloom person, but I think it is really good to be aware of what's going on around us so we know how to live. And I think the key thing in everything we're going to read today is this. Stay close to Jesus. Walk with the Lord. Keep lots of oil in your lamp. Do what you can to make a difference for the kingdom of God in the hour in which we live. So I'm going to pick up with verse 4 in Matthew 24. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Wow! Thank you, Jesus, for telling us not to be afraid, not to be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and there will be kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Well, the birth pains are signaling that the Lord will be coming and that we need to be prepared. Verse 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end shall come. The end of what? The end of the church age. We are living in the church age awaiting the rapture of the church right now. And we are not in the great tribulation. So he said the sign of his coming would be that the gospel has to be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Now, the word gospel there in the Greek comes from the Greek word basilia, a gospel with signs, wonders, and miracles. And so he said that gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, will be preached in the whole world. Then no one will have an excuse why they missed the coming of the Lord or when the Lord came, they didn't go with them. Then he switches more into talking about like the great tribulation which will happen after the rapture. Now there's a lot of people that think, no, no, we're going to go through the great tribulation. That's not true. By the way, the word rapture or to be caught up or harpazo, uh, when you look into the Greek, it, it's like a, a parent snatching uh, a child away from danger, out of the path of danger. You know, in the early church, it was the wrath of Satan being poured out against the church. But in the great tribulation, it's the wrath of the Lord, and God doesn't pour his wrath out on his children. Now, I understand people are going to get saved during that time after the rapture happens. 
and it will cost them dearly for walking with the Lord. But we have a chance now during the church age to get prepared, to be ready to meet the Lord when he comes. Verse 15. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken about through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let the one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of his house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight does not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. The abomination that causes desolation is when the Antichrist sets himself up in the temple and proclaims himself to be God. And so then a lot of the, the Jewish people will recognize they missed their Messiah. Verse 21. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days have, will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Christ. Or there he is. Do not believe it. Let me tell you why you don't believe it. Because when the real Jesus arrives, you'll know it. Because you'll go to be with him in the air. So when there's someone down here claiming I'm the Christ or the Christ is over there, you don't have to believe it. Because when the real Christ appears in the rapture of the church, we'll go to meet him and we'll know he has arrived. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the very elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. I really like that. I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the desert, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe him. For as lightning comes from the east and is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the skies and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Then he goes into discourse on the day and the hour unknown. I really like this, because in this passage he gives a, a picture of what it's going to be like when the rapture happens. No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days of Noah, before the flood, people were eating, 
drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Here, here we go into what it's like for the rapture. Two men will be in the field, one taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the handmill, one taken, the other left. Therefore, watch, because you do not know the day or the hour the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time at night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, that is the key. He said, you must also be ready. So then, who is the wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his servants in his household? to give them their food at proper time. It would be good for that servant who masters find him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, I will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose a servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away for a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and an hour when he is not aware of and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What the Lord is saying here is, look, I'm coming. I'm telling you ahead of time, I'm coming. So be ready. Be out doing what I've called you to do. Stay close to me. Be intimate with me in a close relationship because now he's going to shift gears and we're going to go into chapter 25 and he's going to talk about the parable of the ten virgins and the parable of the talents and you're going to see they're all connected to chapter 24. At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy and fallen asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, He is here. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So here... The Lord is connecting this to chapter 24. He's telling us how we are to prepare ourselves to walk through the end days, the last days. He's saying, look, have a close relationship with me. That is really critical. And, and commune with the Holy Spirit. And make sure you have plenty oil in your lamps. And keep your wicks trimmed and bright. So in other words, keep living a life that Jesus wants you to live. Don't be... Don't be going off and living in a life of sin. Don't be going off doing things 
you know you shouldn't do because if the Lord comes, you won't be ready for his coming. Then he goes into the parable of the, the talents. Again, it'll be like a young man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, to each according to his ability. Then he went on the journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gave five more. Also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his money, master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come, share in your master's happiness. The man who had two talents came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the one who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not gathered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker, so then when I can't return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the other one that has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, but he who has an abundance, he will have an abundance. Who does not have even that what he has will be taken from him and throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what, you see, we've all been given a talent to make a difference in this world. We have all been given things from the Lord and he wants us to put them to you. So there's two things going on in this chapter right now. First, he's telling us to keep plenty of oil in our lamps and stay close to Jesus and be intimate with the Lord. And then he's telling us, when that the Lord, when he gives you a talent, I don't care if it's just one talent, take it out, put it in the master's hands and put it to use so that when he returns, the master will find us ready and be happy with us and we will be able to go to be with him. Then he ends with the, the story of the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne in his heavenly glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? 
When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes or clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison go visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. Then he will say to the goats on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison, and we didn't help you? He replied, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Wow, this is a heavy, heavy uh, passage because what this is saying here, two things. He says to them, number one, he said to them, I never knew you. So there was no intimate relationship. They had no oil in their lamps and they were not ready. The second thing they didn't do is they didn't use their talents. And they didn't use them doing what Jesus thought was very important. So based, and the thing here is troubling, as I believe the goats thought they were sheep. So the shepherd actually, or Jesus, actually has to come and he has to separate the sheep from the goats. And then he addresses the sheep and he addresses the goats. So you know what my question is for you today. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you living the way you should live? Because look, the time is short. The Lord could come in our lifetime. Now, I don't know when he's coming. He might come 100 years from now. I don't know, but one thing for sure is we want to be ready. But God does not want you to live in fear. He wants you to live in peace, and he wants you to live in faith. So if you're not ready for him, or you know you're not living the way you should be, the Bible says in Romans, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You can come back to the Lord if you're away from him, and then you can start walking in peace, you can start walking in faith, and you can start doing some of the things you know that God wants you to do. So pray after me. Just say, Lord, I've not been living the way you've wanted me to live. Lord, I come back to you or I rededicate my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to pray for those today who sometimes when you see the things going on in the world, it scares you. And you're like, man, it's hard not to live in fear when you see all this stuff going on and how it's affecting everyone around us. But remember, the Lord is walking with us. We are not alone. He said, lo, I will be with you always unto the very end of the age. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just pray for those under the sound of my voice today that struggle with living in the last days. They maybe struggle with dealing with fear, which is a big thing. I ask that you would bind the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus that they struggle with and that you would release to them your spirit and fill them with your peace and send the angel of your presence to them wherever they're at. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say this. Hey, walking with the Lord may not always be easy, but it is worth it. So I just want to encourage you today. Keep your lamps trimmed and bright. Keep extra oil 
on board so that when the bridegroom comes, you're ready and take the talent that God has given you and use it to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of God. And remember, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's the mighty counselor. He will guide you through the times we're in and we'll be all right. I still believe there's a lot of good to happen in the world and I believe we have great opportunities. I don't believe the end of the world is now, even though we see, I just believe we're in the birth pain areas, but it's good to be ready. It's good to be wise and it's good to be aware. Thank you for joining me today for Jesus and the last days.